Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. Good morning and happy Thanksgiving week. Psalm 77 follows a pattern of quite a few psalms. It begins with a lament and a feeling that God's not even noticing one's agony at the moment. So first I'll read the first two verses of Psalm 77, 1 and 2. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, that he may hear me. And in the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying, and my soul refuses to be comforted. And then in that same pattern of some of these psalms, the lament goes on all the way through verse 10, which you can read at home. And boy, it's trouble, please, and complaining, and being overwhelmed, and feeling low. Be sure to read that at home, too. Um, I'll read now the rest of it, 11 to 20, because something happens. Something happens. There's a change, and there's a calming that comes. And that goes on like this. I will call to mind the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work, and I will muse on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have displayed your might among the peoples. With your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. And when the waters saw you, God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. The very deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies thundered. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind, and your lightnings lit up the world, and the earth trembled, and it shook. Your way was through the sea. Your path was through those mighty waters. Yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Good morning. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, when the Lord of Sea of Skies asked whom shall I send, I'm fairly certain that amateur preacher didn't make even the top 10 multiple choice answers, but hey, times are tough. The pros are all gone, and I am so impressed with the smoothness of all the people who've gone before us, but we'll get through this. Okay. 
Is that clicking me? Oh, oh, the earring, it could be. <laughs> yeah, that could be. Oops, now I've lost the whole thing. What was I saying about smoothness? <laughs> okay. Okay, well, here we go. We can do this. Yay, Robert. Yay, thank you, thank you. I think we're, I think we're good to go now. All right. I just don't get it. How could God let this happen? Why me? Why them? Just why? How many times have you asked yourself one or maybe all of these questions in our current world of gun violence, continued pandemic fallout, combative political rhetoric and elections, prolonged social injustice? How in the world can people not question? You know, Rachel and Matt mentioned that this might be an appropriate time for a sermon on gratitude. Unfortunately, on the surface, this sermon focuses on doubts and questions, but a comment recently by Elder Ken Chapman helped me put this in perspective. He said, aren't gratitudes just simply the flip side of doubts? Let's go with that. It works for me. Even if we focus on doubts and questions and searching for answers in this sermon, I think we'll see by the end of it that there's a whole lot of gratitude in the, in the middle of all that searching. Several nights ago, around 2 o'clock in the morning, probably, yeah, in the middle of the night anyway, I was thinking about how I needed to edit this sermon. Once again, full confession, amateur preacher here, I only have one sermon. <laughs> That's it, that's it, one sermon. Oh well, anyway, church budgets are stretched to the limit, times are tight, we're all called to serve any way we can, so this is it, this is the sermon. I and I was trying to think about the last mass shooting we had because statistics about the gun violence fit so well in why we still question and wonder how in the world can our God let our world be such a mess? And I don't know what frightened me more, a loss of memory, another memory loss at my age, or the fact that maybe I was becoming so immune to mass shootings that I didn't even recollect where the last one took place. Unfortunately, since that night, we've had several mass shootings, including last night, to remind us, and even threats of violence in our own local school systems that we are still overwhelmed with inexplicable dangers. And of course, there is never a shortage of more personal concerns about for ourselves and our loved ones who not, among us has not been touched by loss or the trauma of that dreaded diagnosis. We all have fears of difficult decisions or change or loss or out-of-control situations are pervasive. And unfortunately, those fears just seem to be magnified, at least for me, in the middle of the night. Yet there are those among us who never seem to question, never seem to doubt, never seem to lose their faith. We all have moments like that, but what about at 2 o'clock in the morning? I don't know about you, but if my faith is ever going to be overshadowed by doubt, that's the time it's going to happen that two o'clock in the morning, that prolonged period of darkness. In a devotion I read recently, the author talked about doubts forming in his mind, multiplying, taking up residence, and even forming committees. I thought truly the Presbyterian way when even the doubts in your mind form committees. 
We do love our committees. But the presence of these doubts is just one of the reasons I like the Psalms of Lament, like Psalm 77. The psalmists do not hesitate to take it directly to God with, how long, O Lord, how could you? Why? The lectionary suggestion skips several verses of Psalm 77, and one of those is my very favorite. You pry my eyelids open. I am too stressed even to speak or pray. I don't know about you, but been there, done that. Uh, it's no wonder that the shelves of CVS and Walgreens are just chocked full of sleep aid medications. Of course, unlike my futile ditherings in the middle of the night, which can go on for hours, the psalmist turns almost immediately in verse 11 to, I will call to mind the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your wonders of old. Instead of fretting or clicking on a screen to play solitaire, the psalmist turns almost immediately to the actions of God not CNN or Fox News or even ESPN. The psalmist spends time recalling the character of God through God's actions. In verse 12, the psalmist says, I will meditate on all your work and muse on your mighty deeds. Later, the verses get a lot more specific with those mighty deeds with trembling waters, crashing thunder, flashing lightning, whirlwinds, and a trembling earth. Not exactly my idea of calming thoughts, but soon, so soon a feeling of calm returns with God leading the flock by the hands of Moses and Aaron. Now, I love the idea of being led to safety with the flock as much as the next person, but this last minute rescue begs the question that started all this insomnia. How could you, God, how could you let this get such a mess? Why? How long are we going to be in the middle of this mess, Lord? And that leads us to the last part of verse 19. Though your footprints were unseen. Though your footprints were unseen. How about when you feel like you can't see God in the middle of this mess that you're dithering about in the middle of the night? You can't even see God anywhere in the middle of this. We spend so much time and energy questioning God, arguing, trying to maybe even explain scientifically those out-of-season hurricanes, the droughts, the starving children, the forest fires, or the viral outbreaks that seem to just keep continue mutating and hitting us one after the other. Sometimes we just forget all about those unseen footprints. We are reminded time and time again throughout scripture that faith is believing in things unseen. The book of Hebrews says it so well in chapter 11, verse one. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I'd like to read that again and listen for those key words because it says this so beautifully. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Yet we continually try to take control through complete understanding of those things we cannot see, setting a timetable for the when and a step-by-step -step plan for what to do next. Searching for those things and almost never finding them, that's what keeps me awake. 
Although, once again, full confession, I have to admit, dithering about this sermon might have had something to do with the last few nights in Sonia. <laughs> uh, yes, I know I have heard all the assurances you probably have heard, how God tells us in Scripture, don't worry about things, 365 times. Conveniently, one for every day of the year. Unfortunately, by 2 a.m., I've pretty much used up my quota of fear not. Even coffee cup slogans like, don't worry, God's got this, or let go and let God, don't help me much in the middle of the night when I am so determined to worry and dither and question and doubt. A concept that has helped me more than any refrigerator magnet is an idea from a woman named Evelyn Underhill. I don't want to believe in a God small enough that I can understand. I think the actual quote is, a God small enough to be understood will never be big enough to be worshipped. But at 2 o'clock in the morning, my version will do. All I need to remember is that I don't have to understand why school children at any age have to die or fear for their very lives in their classrooms. I don't have to understand why diseases like cancer and Alzheimer's and ALS exist why pets leave us too soon, why human greed causes war, how demagogues rise to power, how fear of people who, don't, who aren't like us, who maybe don't look like us, don't talk like us, don't believe like us, don't live like us, how that fear can cause us to do absolutely unspeakable things. I don't have to understand why huge Storms or climate change can take away so much from people who seem to have so little. I just have to believe. Yes, I know there are people that say that this is naive. But if I understood everything with absolute certainty, there would be no reason for faith. I just have to have faith that a big God is in control, a big God who never leaves our side. And yes, like the psalmist, I need reassurances. So I try to remind myself that I'm not the only one who hasn't always remembered the size of God. I can turn to some pretty impressive Bible characters who needed that reminding also. The Lord says to Isaiah in chapter 55, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Job heard a bit about it, too, in chapter 38, with God's response of, Well, where were you when I laid the foundations for the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Or if I want to see actual demonstrations of faith in a God too big to understand, I can turn to the people of my childhood and maybe a few of you. Maybe there are still a few of you who grew up on a farm or who have friends or family who still farm, but I'm pretty sure that every single one of us got out of town and drove 57 or 45 or somewhere down the highway this fall. I know of no greater faith without requiring complete understanding than planting those seeds and trusting grain to grow to feed God's kingdom. 
with absolutely no guarantees about weather conditions, market prices, working equipment, or anything else. Farmers plant the seed every season, and whether they express that faith or not, trust in a big God to make that seed grow. Now that is believing in a God big enough to be worshiped. It is no coincidence that the earliest festivals of our ancestors were all centered around the harvest times and worshiping God. Study those festivals, learn about their purposes. We are so blessed here at First Presbyterian to have what I call a resident expert. Our own Robert Farrar is an absolute font of knowledge about Hebrew traditions. Just ask him, he'd be happy to share about those early festivals and their purposes. Or on your own, read and reread in our Bible, the words God spoke to other people who just couldn't get it. Imprint some of those words on your heart. Don't memorize them. Don't rely on a certain version. Take those dark times and those poignant moments of pain and confusion to implant God's assurances from your head to your heart. Yes, we do have to be careful if we if we interpret God's words and not to slant it to suit our own beliefs or our own purposes. All we have to know, do to be reminded of exactly what not to do is to recall all those awful political ads we've been subjected to over and over, seemingly for the last forever. But if we do trust in the Holy Spirit to infuse us with God's intent, we come away with holy words to guide our footsteps. For example, nothing can separate us from the love of God. God, you are slow to anger, quick to forgive. You will turn my mourning into dancing. Tears may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. With God's help, I can do all things. I will go to the watchtower and await God's answer. These aren't necessarily the New International Version or the Common English Bible or King James or any other version. I can't even cite you chapter or verse or anything else. But these words from a huge, although sometimes inscrutable God, are imprinted on my heart and serve as my go-to praise in the middle of the night. That alone is cause for much, much gratitude. Scholars may disagree how many covenants God made with our ancestors, but no one doubts the importance of the words God spoke to Jeremiah. But this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and inscribe it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. So seek and find those words inscribed on your heart. You don't have to completely understand God and all of his plan or his actions to trust the words written on your heart. We are God's people. God still keeps that covenant, trust in his presence. So to get back to our point of wondering how God could let our world get in such a mess, I truly don't know the answer. I wish I did, and if I led you to believe that you would come away from today's service knowing that answer, I'm sorry to disappoint you. 
I cannot promise you there won't be more disasters this week. I can't even promise you a good night's sleep tonight. But what I can promise you is a huge, huge, huge God in control who will be leaving those invisible footprints all over the place if we just remember to look for them. And an unconditional love from that God who never fails us even if we don't ever see those footprints. This can give us the courage to use those 2 a.m. moments to strengthen our faith and be grateful. God's steadfast love even gives us the ability to put one foot in front of the other one the next morning, confident there is a huge God holding back the waters no matter what your personal floods look like. So without wearying, leave that hand outstretched to God, our very, very, very big God, and reach into the words of God imprinted on your heart, those assurances that there is that big God in control. Forget the middle of the night solitaire. Worship that God too big to be understand, understood, but oh, so worthy of our praise and trust. Alleluia and amen. Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week. Thank you.